0: Kind of taking a look at all of our reasoning behind trading options, I, and, and I think taking more of a practical approach, kind of like if you have a difference between a stock and options portfolio, right, what is it, and, mm-hmm. um, and, and not only what is it, but how can you manage different types of risks if you have a stock portfolio versus an options portfolio. And what we're going to see is that there's a very clear trend when, with an options portfolio, as you probably will guess. You can do a lot more management. You can do a lot more tweaking. You can do a lot more setting of your own destiny, if you will. In this case, I call the segment creators of our own risk, because that's what you can actually do with options, which is uh, contrary to where it's actually opposite of stocks. You we, we can't really do it as much. So. Um, I think it's gonna be a fun discussion, and you guys obviously have a little bit of your own unique way of, of, of trading and managing your own position, So it's kind of gonna be good to see. Okay, what am I even missing? Because some, so, you know, some, uh, you know, some people, so, you know, somebody may look, hey, you, you forgot to put this in the options category. And it's like, that's great. Um, but main goal is you're gonna see options much more manageable than stocks. on discussion. All right, let's go to the first slide. Mm-hmm. All right, when we trade options, we have a variety of metrics that we use to quantify, compare, manage portfolio risk, right? We have IV, HV, POP, beta-weighted delta exposure duration of contracts, underlying correlation risk, outliers, risk, et cetera, right? So okay, much. So much, <laughs> so much, right? Um, and obviously, you know, you don't necessarily have to use all of these to manage positions, but these are all metrics you use to put a position on or look to when to manage it or um, you know, gauge how much risk you have on throughout duration of the cycle. Now, comparatively, when trading stocks, you really, you realistically only use uh, historical volatility with comparison to S&P 500 volatility to measure risk. Or, or in a sense, if you're going to say broadly, you really just have the IV or the volatility of the underlying mm-hmm. to measure your risk when you're trading just stocks. Um, and the, the question that I think as we kind of step into more trading options and and we kind of stop trading as much stock. Um, you know, sometimes you ask, "Well, wait, why? Why is it that stocks are not that manageable again? Like, what, what, what's the whole deal with not being able to manage risks with stocks as well? Why is the only real risk you can manage effectively before you place the trade is Entry. the amount of volatility you pick with the stock?" Mm-hmm. Um, let's take a look. So, slide two. So, here's kind of what it comes down to. We're going to get to the graphic on the left in a second. But basically, when you look at any stock's historical distribution, in other words, you take a look at a, pick a random stock, you take a look at its returns over the last 10 years, five years, whatever the stock's been around, they all share very similar characteristics. The distributions are all bell-shaped. They have a little bit of tail risk, depending on the stock. Because the direction of the underlying is unpredictable, the types of risk that the person incurs or the trader incurs by going long or short are basically the same. The mm-hmm. only real difference between a stock to stock, if you're trying to pick stocks, realistically is the implied volatility of that stock. Basically, how risky is that stock on a percentage basis um, as a percentage of your capital use? Because right? in, in stocks world, the price to stock, capital use is actually the same, because that's how much it costs to buy a stock. That's how much you have to have in your account, basically. Mm-hmm. right? Uh, and excluding margin trading, obviously. So the only way to manage this risk would then be to choose the IV, and then once you have the position on, you can set a stop loss or a stop gain and adjust your size. But that's basically it. The distribution of this underline is basically going to be what your portfolio distribution of returns will look like. There is no getting around that, Mm -hmm. right? Does that kind of make sense?
1: Yeah. I'm with you, so, I'm following.
0: And, and if you look at the left, you know, we, we put an example distribution. This is obviously what a normal distribution would look like, but you know, but yes, we you know, stocks, yes, there's more kurtosis, there's a little bit more skewed than the normal distribution, mm-hmm. things are a bunch more together. But by and large, if you pick a stock to stock to stock to stock, the distributions of those stocks are very, very, very similar. And if you have a portfolio of those stocks, the way the distribution math works is that the distribution of your portfolio
1: is going to look just the be same
0: the same yeah. exactly it's going to be normal roughly normally distributed maybe a little bit more um you know skewed depending on what type of stock you pick right but by and large it's going to be very very similar mm-hmm. right yep now going on to the uh, next slide where we talk a little bit about options this is where it gets kind of cool when you trade options the fundamental distribution of those returns is actually set by you. You can choose not only the implied value of the stock, you can choose not only the size you take, you can choose not only if you put a stop loss, which is what we talk about with, with, with the stocks, but you can also choose the underlying distribution shape. You can choose a distribution that's a little bit more skewed and gives you a little bit of a higher probability of profit if you sell like an out-of-the-money strangle. Or You can choose a distribution where you're either going to win or lose and nothing in between. That's like maybe a spread or or a very tight butterfly. You can choose the type of trade and the type of distribution you want when you trade options, and because of that, you actually just – not just the three risks we talk about with stocks, but you add the ability to adjust the skew that your portfolio is exposed to, the tail risk, the mean and width of the distribution, the delta of the options, which ultimately affect the probability of profit, the the, the nature of the risk definition, the days expiration, which affect everything else, uh, correlated versus uncorrelated under, underlines, which then you can get into the concept of IV correlation, strategy correlation. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's almost like you add two, three more components, and all of a sudden, you have 27 more ways to manage risk that you just didn't have before with a stock portfolio. Does that kind of make sense? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and the best the best part is in terms of flexibility is the fact that you can change your mind on a dime. You can change, unlike stock where you're, you're long stock and that's it, or you you're really short stock that. and that's it. If you have a strangle and spy or short put and spy, and the market's down, it, you can say, oh, you know what? I've I changed my mind. Instead of having my risk at 3950, I'm going to move it to 3900, and I'm going to move mm-hmm. it out another month. So you have complete flexibility rather than pure static
0: delta. Mm-hmm. That, that's right. And if and you notice that, that image on the left, you know, this is an example. This is a distribution of, in the red, that's how uh, historically a short strangle would perform, right? That's the That's the outcome distribution. Notice it's compared to... A typical normal distribution, or similar to what a stock distribution looks like, in white. Mm-hmm. But notice that the red is different. It, it's a little bit more skewed to the left. It has most of its occurrences bunched up to the positive end. But this is a 16 delta spy strangle managed early. You could do a 50 delta Tesla strangle managed at expiration. Yeah. Do a 25 delta a ratio spread in Microsoft, right? Which which changes everything. Um, as well. So you can see where the dynamic nature of this, why we call it dynamic delta or dynamic risk as opposed to static risk is this this reason right here. So, all right, let's go to the next slide. So now we're gonna jump into a little bit of, a, of, a, of the practical side. Okay, we showed you why you can manage, why there are more risks to manage with an options portfolio. But now we're gonna say, okay, how to do it. If you had an options portfolio or a stock portfolio, how could you manage these different risks that you have in each portfolio, if, or if you even can manage those risks? So number one, Um, how to manage tail outlier risk. I think this is the most common question that people have. It's like, okay, you're trading options. There's no way to manage your outlier risk. I've seen people blow out on Wall Street bets or I've seen people blow out on these hedge funds trading natural gas. Options are more risky, obviously, right? They have more, more tail risk. Now, that's the, the, the real answer is it's, it's yes and no. It's up to you whether they have that tail risk, because you can choose right here. If you want to adjust the tail risk, if you want no reduction in tail risk, you can just sell short options and have no wings. But let's say you're somebody who actually wants some definition of tail risk. You can buy the five delta wings. All of a sudden, your risk is defined. You can reduce more of your tail risk by buying the 10 delta wings. In your stock portfolio, can't really do that, uh, except for reducing your size, which is basically just like a magnification effect, right? It doesn't actually reduce uh, tail risk inherently, just reduces it for the amount of capital you have in it. But with options, you can actually reduce the tail risk for your entire portfolio without giving up much of your actual allocation by buying uh, out-of-the-money wings, if Mm -hmm. you so choose. It doesn't mean you have to, it just means you have the option to, if you want to. That's the key.
1: That makes sense. Mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, in the YouTube chat, Charles asked a good question. Is there a such thing as managing tail risk, or is it more so preparing for it? And you can't you can't manage the tail risk after it happens. You need to prepare for it before it happens yeah. by doing That's something right. like this because you don't know when it's going to happen and if it happens too fast, too quick, there's nothing mm-hmm. you can really do to prevent it because it's already happened. But you can do something like this, which prevents it before the fact uh, and protects you before the fact. Yeah.
0: It's hard to con- right. it's
1: hard to consistently hedge for the tail, though. You know, like staying right. small on your positions is really the, the key to that. You can't can't constantly buy protection because that'll you know cut any of okay. your of your gains. But a five all... delta wing or ten delta wing could be like a really yeah. wide yes spread, yes. something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, exactly. And that's a phenomenal question. And the answer is yes. It is. It's a preventative measure. Um, so, and the, unfortunately, tail risk is one of those things that it has to be a preventative measure because if there was some way we can actually control the tail risk, we wouldn't be paid these rich premiums when the market goes down, right? Because if there's a way to get rid of the tail risk during the fact, nobody would trade options, right? Because what's the point, right? So, so, so the point is, is yeah, this is a preventative measure and how to do it. Now let's go on to the next slide. Um, and now here's the sec- second question. How to manage daily portfolio volatility? So not necessarily the tails, not these down 200-point days in the S&P 500, not the COVID-19 crashes, but the day-to-day stuff, you know, like a day like this. The s and is down about, in this case, with 65 points. It's so about one and a half times the expected move. How do you manage a day like this, right? And and um, and the way uh, we talk about it here in an options portfolio, you can choose to trade stocks with a higher or lower IB, which inherently give you not just the more or lower risk on the directional side, but give you more or less premium on the premium side, like on the actual theta collection side. Um, you can adjust your duration. A lot of people don't know this, like uh, how to really manage or use duration, but. We've done it in our research, right? If, all you, if you want to take lower risk on a day like this, maybe, you don't have to allocate less capital. If you want to keep the positions on, you can actually roll out the duration. You roll out the duration and time, your actual day-to-day risk becomes lower. You can't do that with stocks. You can't roll out a stock to a further time uh, to time frame. Time frame of management, you want to manage at 50%, 75% of the credits, 25%, 50% 21 days, 14 days, you have that time frame With stocks, if you want to manage it based on what, stop loss, stop gain, that's only two ways, and, and, and at best, you're going to have to be very disciplined with that. Um, delta of the options, you want a higher probability of profit, you want a lower probability of profit. You want uh, a strategy that gives you more exposure or less exposure. If you want to do like something like a ratio spreader, I mean, the, the, the combinations are endless. If a stock portfolio you're basically limited to the size of your position the correlations of the underlines which in that case if you have a bunch of stock they approach the SP 500 anyway so you're just going to have a bunch of you know you, I, you can even argue the fact that there is no correlation diversification with stocks because you can just buy the etf and be done with it um, and the implied volume. so basically your size and your iv that's the only thing you can control the stock portfolio compared to all these other stuff with your options portfolios
1: Yeah, you can completely manipulate your positions again, like in SPY, if you had and especially in SPY where moves like this are still not really that big of moves like an equity where you can have a 30% move in one day. A move Mm -hmm. like this in in the E-minis, you can manage. Like if you had the 405, 395 strangle in April, you can buy it back and you can move it to the 400, 390 strangle for a scratch. And if on Monday there's another 50 points off, you could do the exact same thing for a scratch and you can move where your risk is down with the price of the stock rather than just being static delta long and you have no control over what's happening around you.
0: That's right. That's right. You have more levers to pull, and a lot of people don't realize it. But I think every one of us has our own inherent um, desired risk we want to have in our portfolios, right? If, if, you know, I mean, maybe not everybody who's, you know, doesn't care about stocks or finance, but the people who care about their portfolios, everybody has an ideal risk, whether you know it or not. But if you're only taught one angle of the equation, which is stock portfolio, you're probably not going to ever see that desired risk that you want to actually have manifest because usually the type of risk you want to have can only be manifest when you integrate options into your account. Right? Like covered calls is a great example. Some people, you know, it's one of the most popular options trades to get started after you start trading stocks. And once people do it, it's like I rarely see people I, I you know it's funny? Here's here's a way to put it. I never see people who start to trade covered calls say, eh, this is this is kind of dumb. I don't like it. There there's nothing and then they start trading stocks again only. I never see that. What you do see is people start trading stocks and then go to trade cover calls. which you never go, you, you never see the reverse. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and the reason is because people like the ability to manage their risk. Agreed. Mm-hmm. All right, let's, next slide. So now here's kind of an interesting one. The, is kind of overlooked as well, how to manage the symmetry of your returns. Symmetric portfolio returns, in this case, I'm just going to define it quickly as having a portfolio where your POP over any given time frame is 50%. In an options portfolio, you can make an asymmetric portfolio just like that. You could um, increase the delta on your short strikes. POP will near 50%. You get larger credits. You want to reduce the delta on your short strikes. You're gonna, Your POP is going to near closer to the 60 70 80 even 90%. With your stock portfolio, you will never get any um, uh, asymmetry return. Your portfolio will always have a probability of return of 50% on any given time from now. Of course, yes, if you argue you're going to hold it for years and years, of course, changes the game. Possible. 45 days, 30 days, mm-hmm. it's 50%. Can't get around it. Um, all right. Next slide. And finally, how to manage the expected return of your portfolio. Another thing, this is kind of where we start to get a little bit technical, but you know, if you want to have a situation where you, you generate some kind of fade decay over time, where you get paid basically for something not happening, you get paid as long as something doesn't happen, can't do that with stocks. In fact, the only quote unquote expected return you can expect from stocks is the positive drift inherent in the market over long periods of time. On options, you can actually generate that in a shorter period of time using concept of theta. Concept of taking risk, uh, a, a large amount of risk relative to a small amount of credit. That gets you paid over time usually because if you're taking a lot of risk for a uh, for a limited return over time, you have to be compensated for that in the in in the in the uh, um, form of ex- of expected return. This is same thing poker players do, right? So um, Mike would attest to that. So uh, anyway, um, another way to do it. All right. Some takeaways. Good, huh? All right, takeaways. OK, so basically, options have many dimensions of risk, always adjustable. That's that's the key takeaway from here. Um, and by adjusting the options in your portfolio, you're able to uh, trade off of a distribution that has a unique skew, spread tails, means, probabilities that are all custom to what you want, not uh, that are set by default by an underlying rate. Um, and the distribution of stock returns is already set in stone by whatever underlying you trade. That's why the only risks you can adjust with stocks is the volatility, your stock gain, and loss and your trade size and that's basically it
1: good stuff anton well thanks for joining us um We're going to take a quick little 90-second break. We're going to come back with Big Boy Scotty S. And our phone lines are open, 855-238-2789 or 855 be tasty if you want to give us a call. If you got a question for us, if you got a question for Scott, nothing's off limits, so give us a call. We're going to take a quick little break. Thank you for joining us, uh, Anton. And we'll come back with live from the Tasty Trade
0: Trade Desk with Big Boy Scotty S. You are listening to Tasty Live.
1: The content of this podcast is created, produced, and provided solely by Tasty Life, Inc., and does not represent the direct views or opinions of any of its affiliated companies. This content is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be trading or investment advice or a recommendation that any security, futures contract, digital asset, other product, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities, futures products, and digital assets involve risk and may result in a loss greater than the original amount invested. Tasty Live Inc., through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. The information provided may not be appropriate for all investors and is provided without respect to individual investor financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. Tasty Live Inc. is not a licensed financial advisor, registered investment advisor, or registered broker-dealer.